I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you are listening to Snacks with Stein. Let's do it. Welcome back to Snacks with Stein. I'm Christy. Danielle is in Colorado. And hey, Danielle, what's up? What's what's new with you? Danielle is in Colorado. Since when Dan- did I come to Colorado? <laughs> okay. Well, you wouldn't like it very much. There's about four or five inches on the ground and it's falling pretty hard out there. So, Well, apparently tomorrow, I just found out, we're getting something called an atmospheric river. So I may be floating away. I don't know. I like it when there's new terms. Yeah. It is called an atmospheric river. I don't know what it means. I'm hoping it means that the power goes out and I cannot have to work for the day. That is what I am hoping. It's the new El Nino. Be like, hey, atmospheric yep. river, man. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. I like it better than El Nino. I like atmospheric river. <laughs> Gotta ride the waves. Oh, that was dumb. Yeah, um, cool I survived. They were thinking the about atmosphere. merch. They were atmospheric river aside, hopefully. Um, <laughs> yeah, we probably have about a foot of snow on the ground in the morning. So that's fine. Ooh. It is fine. No, I've uh, I'm I'm all snuggled in here. I've got the fireplace going. I uh, have a little bit of bourbon, probably just one finger of bourbon <laughs> here in my glass. What are uh, what are Ooh. you going to be snacking on while I spin you some murder mystery tonight? I have peaches, and they're healthy because they're fruit. I'm just kidding. No, they're not. Are they're those the candy. gummy rings? Oh yeah. <laughs> With the white side? Yep, those are these are my absolute faves. Haribu, pinto. <laughs> Heck yeah, yes, those uh, are delicious. Mm-hmm. Treat yourself. You're gonna have a treat. I had. I, they, they were in my Christmas stocking, so that was my. Aww. Yay! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it's kind of fantastic because I don't. I remember eating those as a teenager, but I don't remember having them super recently but that's just probably because mm. i haven't been on the inside of a gas station right in 10 years <laughs> you just have to I go in i think i usually buy them i find them at um we have a out yeah, colorado they're cost plus world market we have them out here but they sell a lot of like international foods and things and i don't think they're international but the brand haribo is not american so they're the haribo ones and they're a little bit different than the classic like ones on with the white but they're just as delicious oh that makes so me I want get them that's what i'll do for for valentine's day i'll i'll send my husband to get to get peachos, peachos. And he can, i'll be like treat yourself to some sweet fish because those are his favorite those are good too those are also classic Okay. Oh, so enjoy your peachos because we I'm going to. <laughs> are going to put on our detective hats tonight. Oh. We are going to Fear Street and we are going to solve a murder. Are we, do I need notes? Do I need like piece of paper? You might. Notes? There's not okay. that many characters, but he kind of like vomits them all up right away. So in the beginning, it's like, okay, there's a character, and there's a character, okay, and there's another character, (laughs) but there's actually not that many. He just kind of drops them all at once. Okay. Okay? So here we go. Okay. I chose this book because it is a Patreon request from Tammy Y. So thank you, Tammy. Thank you for contributing to the show and help us make and deliver the show for everyone. And the way that that works is that patrons sign up and they give money to the show each month to kind of keep the show going, keep the show free. So if you're interested in getting a book request just like Tammy, you should head over to patreon.com backslash snackswithstein, all one word. All the patrons that subscribe at the Haunted Sandwich level, which I believe a Haunted Sandwich is $5 a month, Haunted Sandwich and up, you get to request a book for us to cover on the show. So thank you once again. 
The cover on this one could have been taken as a photo directly from my high school. Okay. Almost, it's a little weird. It's like same industrial tiled ceilings. There's that same like royal blue row of lockers down the hall mm. and that white tiled floor. Literally the color scheme of my high school. Also, there's a guy on the front of it and he's talking to a girl. He's wearing a letter jacket. Mm. I don't, is that still a thing? Like letterman jackets? Yeah. Are they still wearing letter jackets? I think so. I think if you're on sports teams, yeah, they still get them. Because I, I know it was it was a thing when I was in school. I had one. I, st- no, I, I still have my letter jacket. I think it's But still I don't know if thing. kids still do like, that. Yeah. I think it's still a thing. I don't know if it's as, like, a big deal. Like, oh, I got my jacket. But, like, I think they still have them. And, like, I know when I was in high school, if you – all the kids, like, if they were in sports team, they had to wear the jacket on certain days, like game days or, you know, whatever. So – they might still do that now. I don't know. Huh. Okay. I was just wondering. I was like, huh, mm-hmm. I'm an old lady. Is this still a thing that people do? <laughs> like, is it the equivalent of, like, so. the letter sweaters that they used to wear in the 50s that no one wears anymore? Oh, yeah. Those are so cute. So cute. I totally wear it. But anyway, so behind this couple that's talking, there's a girl, and she's clearly, like, eavesdropping on their conversation. She's wearing a mm-hmm. very, like, kick-ass plaid mini skirt. It's a yellow color. She's got this like tight like sweater on top. She's wearing a headband and she's got this bright blue scarf. And with the exception of the scarf, every girl at this time owned this outfit in one form or another. (laughs) Or you knew someone who did. Right. Right. Completely Mm -hmm. classic. Copyright is from Parachute Press in 1996. And the tagline reads, it was too shocking to tell. Ladies and gentlemen, this book is What Holly Heard. Are you ready, Danielle? I'm ready. But all I can think of is Horton Hears a Who. And it's just (laughs) stuck in my head. (laughs) Oh, I wonder how similar it could be. Uh. <laughs> this book, Horton Hears a Hill. I love it. <laughs> Only okay, if Horton gets murdered. Um, okay. And no one likes that. <laughs> Holly Silva loved to gossip. Her friends, Miriam and Ruth, were usually the two people that she liked to dish to the most. And this story is told from Miriam's perspective. Okay, Miriam doesn't live for gossip in the way that Holly does, and Ruth pretends not to care for it. But she does like to hear what's going on, right? So Ruth and Holly, they're total opposites. Ruth is reserved. She's got very straight hair. She doesn't wear, like, makeup. Very simple wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Whereas Holly is, like, really bubbly and outgoing. Like, she's going to wear bright colors. She's got her hair permed. Like, very trendy clothes. And she always has with her a signature... Her signature look piece, which is this, like, bright electric blue scarf. You know what? Everybody goes through that like, phase where you like want something to be your thing, right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so the scarf is Holly's thing. Gosh. I don't think what my thing was. I was trying to think too, and I can't remember. Outside of those both. necklaces that were like that black plastic rope. Oh, like a little the charm. Girl? I always had one of those, pretty much. Yeah. Mine was definitely bows. I loved bows. Like, I had bows in my hair because I had really long hair when I was a kid. And then for a while there, I wore, like, you know, like, little bows in my hair, like, in high school with, like, little pins. Like, that had little, like, characters on them and stuff. Or they were, like, leopard print or whatever. It was it was lame. But it was bows. <laughs> but you still like thing. bows. Don't you have, um, your mini yeah. ears have bows? Yes, my mini ears have bows. I have a tattoo of a bow. Yeah, I guess bows just bows just stuck with me <laughs> forever. 
Polly's thing is this blue scarf, okay? Always wearing the scarf. I don't understand that. Like, how do you have a scarf all the time? Like, what if it's hot? Do you wear that anyway? Or hey, like- you commit to the thing, <laughs> all right? She could be sweating balls and she's gonna have her scarf. It's her thing. <laughs> One morning, Holly finds Miriam and Ruth in the hall, and they all walk to class together where Holly tells them all the dirt about May. May is a girl at school, and she's been fighting with her parents about her bad boy senior boyfriend that they do not approve of. And May's Mm. boyfriend's name is Noah. It's going to get more clear. You're getting a thousand characters in the beginning, but trust me. And Holly... Noah, yes. Holly has had a crush on Noah for a very long time. And she's hoping that, like, this girl, May, that her fight with her parents will somehow break her and Noah up so that Holly can kind of sidle up to Noah. Completely (laughs) ignoring Holly's boyfriend, whose name is Gary. Who is also... Ruth's next door neighbor. So Gary is Ruth's okay. next door neighbor and Holly's boyfriend. And probably in slow motion, Noah walks down the hall to talk to them. In his ripped jeans and black t shirt, faded bomber jacket, He's got a double earring on one side, and the one earring is in the shape of an arrow. So we know that he means business. <laughs> Holly's casually flirting with him. She's flipping her perm while they all look on. Until May, his extremely gorgeous girlfriend, comes up and completely recaptures his attention. And May and Noah walk off to class. To recap, because we just got a shit ton of characters. Miriam. Story is from her point of view. She's the middle attitude of the group. She's down to gossip. She's not into it as Holly. Holly is the crazy, outgoing, gossiping, mean girl type with permed hair and blue scarf. Ruth is the reserved, no makeup wearing, not that into gossip, but she'll partake straight laced one. Noah. Panty dropping bad boy. May. Gorgeous. (laughs) an Asian flawless perspective kind of way. She is Noah's girlfriend. And mentioned, but not seen yet, is Gary, who is Holly's boring boyfriend and also Ruth's next-door neighbor. Everybody good? Everybody's good. Okay. May is having a party that night. In a shocking turn of events, her parents will actually be there, and everyone is going. That afternoon, Holly is giving Miriam a ride home like she does every day because both of them live on Fear Street. Mm. As they're leaving school, they pass the gym and notice Jed. Jed is Miriam's boyfriend of about six months, which is kind of a long time in high school. And he's really into basketball. And he's also been super moody and kind of mean at times lately since the playoffs have started. Marion confirms that they're going to go to the party after Jed throws a little, like, moody boy tantrum and he barks that he'll pick her up at eight. And she, and then he runs off to practice and she runs off with Holly to get ready for the party. Miriam has no idea what's been going on with Jed lately. Holly, who proclaims herself the gossip queen, promises to call around to some friends of hers and find out what Jed's problem is. Miriam is hesitant, but in the end, she gives her friend a blessing, but tells her, you know, just don't be too obvious about it. That night, Miriam and Jed drive to May's party in Jed's car. In the back seat, they have invited Miriam's cousin, Patrick, who is a drummer in a band and looks and acts just like that. Oh, good. Was kind of meant to be a hookup because Ruth is sitting in the back seat next to him. Mm. She does not look interested in garage band drummer types. Uh, she's kind of looking out the window. She's not feeling it. Jed apologizes for being a weirdo and says that, you know, he's just stressed out about playoffs because 
the college scouts are going to be coming to these games, and if he doesn't get a basketball scholarship, there's going to be no college for him. Hmm. Okay, Jed. There, there is financial aid, but fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing anymore. So they, like, they make, they make you think it's a thing on TV. It's not a thing, kids. You can still go. Um, you can still go. Don't give up. Don't give up. Go to school. They park along the street in front of May's house, and both May's parents are doctors. So you can guess what that house probably looks like. And this is the high school party that you see in the movies, but that never really happens in real life. At least not any that I went to. But to be fair, I didn't really party until college, but but still, this is like, a, it's a big, nice house. And it's like filled with all the kids from school, there's a live band playing, okay, with an actual dance floor where people are actually dancing, like with each other. Not just drunk girls having fun, but like boys and girls dancing together, like professionals. That sounds it's like a weird party. I don't, want, I don't want to be there. The two couples soon find Holly and her boyfriend, Gary. Gary and Jed are on the basketball team together, and they immediately start talking all kinds of like basketball boy nonsense. Blah, 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 dunk. Blah, 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 sports. <laughs> and Miriam pulls Holly out for dressing like... And Miriam calls Holly out for dressing... Oh, autocorrect? Corrected my hoe <laughs> to how. So it says Miriam calls, Miriam calls Holly out for dressing like a how. <laughs> for dressing like a how. How could you dress like that? <laughs> Why you gotta be a how? <laughs> Why and how, Miriam? Well, she's all howled out for Noah's attention <laughs> at the party. Um, which, to be fair, she's not super hoed out. She's just wearing this like little black dress. Okay, it's not like she showed up in lingerie and animal ears. Don't defend her. She sounds. She's a how. <laughs> She, she's a how, how she's a how. Sorry. Um, Holly kind of laughs and asks Miriam, "Is it evil to act this way?" She just can't help herself. She likes Noah so much. She can't stop thinking. And Miriam, who should have said yes, break up with your boyfriend if you don't want him, instead said that she thought that Holly wasn't evil she was just out of control and that you know what they should just forget all about this craziness and go find their boyfriends and drag them onto the dance floor so they do that they find the boyfriends by the punch of course Mm -hmm. they're probably fighting it uh yeah probably i mean they're on the basketball team isn't that their role and they are the boys are forced into dancing the band is playing loud, and just as the some song comes to a crashing end, all the lights go out. There's a scream in the darkness, and then there's another scream. <laughs> and then the chandelier <laughs> came crashing down. I'm just saying. You can add that one to my list of movie villains that I probably would have stayed with. And with opera. <laughs> Yeah, probably. You would have stayed in the sewer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm into it. You don't have to deal with people ever again. Like, there's probably some kinky sex involved. Like, it, it seems like it would have been a good time, at least for a while. True, true. Like, then can I'd we want just do this, like, on a month-by-month basis <laughs> and, like, reassess? I don't know if the Phantom takes a contract. Although he does write notes. He probably is into it. Um, yeah, it's true. So after a few moments of whispered panic in the dark, May's father comes through the room with a flashlight, saying that the band must have blown a fuse. And he's going to go down to the basement and get the power back on. Waiting in the dark, Marion asked, who screamed? And May, who happened to be very close to her at the time, said that it was her who screamed when the lights went out. And then she dropped a plate, which made her mother scream too. Then the lights flicker on, and there is that collective exhale of, like, everybody being happy that the power's on. You know that thing where everybody's like, ah, you know, until everybody notices 
that in the middle of the floor is Holly wrapped up tight in Noah's arms. And May starts that bitch no you didn't like stomp march in her direction but instead of a cat fight holly just kind of casually makes her way back to her friends and noah puts an arm around may and starts talking to her miriam is like okay holly what the fuck and holly's like oh that well i was you know i was just scared when the lights went out um and he was just comforting me And now Miriam is pissed Because like really though In front of everybody Holly Holly brushes her off She's like oh let's just dance Let's dance a little more And then they're ready to leave The next day Miriam and Ruth Remember Ruth is the straight laced one Are Mm -hmm. at Ruth's house Waiting for Holly to come and pick them up The three girls always rode To the shady side basketball games together So now we get a little bit of insight into Ruth. Okay, Ruth is that kid. Okay, they're waiting in Ruth's room, and we discover that she loves to read. She keeps a copy of Catcher in the Rye at all times. She has these two pet hamsters who she likes to, like, chill out and read with. She likes them better than most people. Mm -hmm. And um, we also learn that she has a hammer that she loves that once belonged to her father, um, it's specific because it, it's a hammer that only has one claw on the end. Mm. And she claims that she's using it to make a loom in art class, but she doesn't like anyone touching it. And we know that because when Miriam tried to pick it up, she flipped out a little bit. Mm. But Miriam doesn't see this as weird because apparently Ruth's father suddenly died, like pretty recently. So she's, I guess, just kind of been a little off since her father's death. Holly is late to pick them up, but when she does show up, she has quite a story. Turns out that after their group of friends left the party, a bunch of Noah's friends from Center City showed up. Now, these are all older, tough-looking kids that were completely plowed, 100% drunk. So May's dad kicks them out, which starts a fight with May and her mom about dating Noah, who is obviously a jerk. The friends from Center City were pissed about getting kicked out of the party, and they trashed the front lawn, and they TP May's dad's car. Which led May's parents to declare that May was no longer allowed to date Noah. Holly is super excited about this news, but also seems to realize that this edict from May's parents probably will only push the couple closer together. Ruth calls Holly out for not giving a shit about her actual boyfriend, Gary, and for just stringing him along. Holly argues that she she likes Gary, but, you know, he's just, he's not any fun. All he does is talk about basketball. Ruth and Holly fight about it for a while before Miriam breaks it up and suggests that they all head off for the game. Ruth declines, saying that she is now not in the mood to go out, and Holly and Miriam go without her. The game did not go well. Jed was playing like shit, and one of the other players on the other team kind of mouthed off to him. And Jed hits the dude in the face on the court and then starts to choke him out on the court. And Jed is thrown out of the game and now has very little chance of getting recruited by a good college. Well, yeah, you can't be doing that. Can't be psycho? Yeah, pretty much. That, like... Holy crap. Miriam is very concerned. She's never seen Jed like this. She's so sure that, like, something must have happened to him. So she goes to look for him outside the locker room after the game. And they're kind of talking. And at some point in the conversation, like, she says something that triggers him. And he kind of flips on her. And he actually kind of attacks her. Like, he does this thing where he, like, grabs her wrist and, like, squeezes it so hard that it hurts. Oh. And when, when she cries out that it hurts, he kind of seems to realize what he's doing and, like, lets her go. And she starts screaming mm-hmm. at him that, like, if he ever lays a hand on her again, that they are through. Good. And this seems to, like, snap him out of it. He's, he's totally defeated. But she tells him that if he can get his shit together, he can call her. But, like, otherwise, like, it's not going to work out for them. And then she leaves. Mm-hmm. She bounces. 
When she goes out to the parking lot to find Holly to head home, most of the cars have gone. When she got to Holly's car, Holly kind of like excitedly waves her inside the car and she tells Miriam that she won't believe what she just heard. Miriam said she's in no mood for gossip, but Holly says that she was just walking to her car, she was trying to find her keys, and she passed May and Noah, and it seemed like they were having a fight. So naturally, she hides behind two cars to try and hear what they are saying. And Holly is sure that she hears May and Noah are planning to kill May's mother so that the two of them can be together. Uh, Okay. Like you do. (laughs) Miriam asks for more details because she's also confused and (laughs) discovers that what really happened was that May shouted something in frustration like, I could kill my mother. And Noah was like, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll do whatever it takes for us to be together. And Miriam is dismissive, but Holly is pretty sure that there is now a murder plot. And then Holly asked how it went with Jed and Miriam. And she told her about the wrist thing. And Holly tells Miriam that she thinks that Jed has totally lost it. And that she needs to be more careful around him. Monday morning at school, Miriam tells Ruth what Holly heard at the game the night before. Ruth laughs that Holly thinks that May could actually kill her mother. I mean, May might break a nail. There's no way in Ruth's mind that May has it in her. But just as they're laughing about the thought of Prim and Prissy May trying to kill her mother without getting dirty, Holly comes up to them and guess what she's heard? What has she heard, Danielle? I don't know. I have no idea. May's mother is dead. But, okay. <laughs> she was discovered thought, dead this morning at the bottom of the going to kill her. With a broken neck. Another neck? And you, and you know what I was thinking? Mm. Owls. Owls. Yeah, they found her at the bottom of the staircase. True. Have you seriously not seen it, Danielle? You're fired. <laughs> you have not oh. watched the staircase. It's called the staircase. <sighs> what is it, <laughs> Danielle? You're so fucking fired. The Ooh. staircase on Netflix. Hmm. I didn't finish it. I fell asleep. Okay, well, that was his whole defense, was that he, like, an owl flew into their house and, like, got caught in her hair, and she fell down the staircase. I am remembering now. I do remember that. And I was like, the fuck is he talking about owls? Yeah. Well, that was so funny. It's it's coming back to me. So, yeah, so that's that's where my money's at right now, owls. (laughs) Holly is 1000% convinced that May did it and she's kind of pissed that her friends don't agree with her and they're arguing about how like Holly is acting kind of crazy when Noah walks up he asked if they'd heard what happened and they all said that they had and they were really sorry about it and Noah says May is a total wreck you know he only came to school to pick up her homework for her he also says that he remembers seeing Holly in the parking lot after the game and then he kind of gives her this like knowing look, like maybe she wasn't as good at hiding behind those cars as she thought. Mm-hmm. And now Holly is convinced that she is next on the May and Noah hit list. Oh no. Ruth and Miriam tell Holly that she's she's crazy. You're you're <laughs> being a crazy bitch. You know, Noah's just hurt. He's acting weird. People grieve differently. He wasn't threatening her. But Holly insists that she could see the kill in his eyes. And that they (laughs) killed May's mom and that Holly is next. (laughs) Miriam and Ruth try to reality check her and tell her that if she spreads this rumor about Noah and May, she will literally ruin their lives. 
If she accuses them, it will destroy Noah and May both. And Holly is still sure it's them, but she promises not to spread this rumor. That Noah and May are killers. She guesses. Because we so, haven't it hasn't been determined that they killed the mom, right? She was just no, found. Okay. No, she has just decided that it is so and she's ready to tell everyone that. Okay. Holly also says that she will not be able to give Miriam a ride home today because she promised to decorate the gym for a pep rally. Stick with me. It's important. That night, Miriam is studying for English class and the phone rings. It's about 730. It's Holly and she's still at school decorating for the pep rally, but everyone else has gone home and now she's like really freaking herself out. Holly wants Miriam to come down to the gym and stay with her while she finishes up. Miriam says no. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> it's a school night. Holly should just go home. And Holly says she can't go home because she promised that she would stay and that if, you know, she won't come to the gym to keep her company because she's her friend, she should come down and listen to what Holly has found out about Jet. But Holly will only tell Miriam if she comes to the gym. So Miriam agrees and drives up to the school to see Holly. She parks the car and walks into school. And we've talked before about liminal space, how it's normally yeah. in places that are like in transition of some sort, right? Like a school mm -hmm. which your, your mind knows should be full of people is now empty. Mm -hmm. And it's that mental space that starts to feel a little magical and it kind of fucks with you. And she's walking down the very dark, empty halls of the school to get to the gym. Her steps are echoing off the lockers, and every shadow and reflection makes her jump. She wanted to talk to Holly and just get out of there. So she opens the gym door and she yells out for Holly. And there's no answer. The gym is deserted. Miriam checks the girls' locker room. There's no one in there. She calls into the boys' locker room, and there's no one in there either. But she does see some art supplies spread out in the hall by the boys' locker room. It's a sign on a drop cloth for the pep rally. It's been half painted, and the paint is still set out in containers, and it was all still wet and shiny. She's about to bail when she sees something sticking out from behind the sign. It's a streak of bright blue. Holly's scarf. Holly never went anywhere without that signature scarf, so Miriam steps around the sign and finds her. Holly, on the floor, not breathing. The scarf had been twisted around her neck, and her irises had rolled up into the back of her head, leaving only wide whites of her eyes. And Miriam screams. So she did. She ain't a Damn. how. No, no. <laughs> she ain't your <laughs> more. No, she is a how. No, now. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so they're screaming. Lots of screaming. Miriam even like <laughs> kicks over one of the red buckets of paint trying to get away from the body. And she ends up slipping and like falling in it. She is just kind of like flailing around and, and finally someone steps up and helps her up and asks her what the hell she's doing. It's Jed. Miriam tells him that Holly is dead. I do too. I always think of um, Oklahoma. Yes. Oh, Jed is dead. Yeah. Although that's <laughs> Jed, not Jed. But it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Miriam tells him that Holly's dead behind the sign. And that if he doesn't believe her, just go look. So Jed kind of like steadies her. He goes to see Holly's body. And then he runs back over to where Miriam is and scoops her up and tells her they have to get out of there and find a phone. They have to call the police. They reach the bank of payphones by the school entrance. And Jed calls, puts the call into the cops. He takes Miriam outside to sit on the curb by Holly's car to wait for them. While they're waiting, Miriam is crying and Jed's trying to confront her until he has this like random fit of rage for some reason because the cops are taking too long to get there. 
Mm-hmm. Like, he punches Holly's car and kicks her tires and shit. Like, Jed is a big fucking baby. And he then Miriam realizes, yeah. like, he was in there, in the school, all alone when Holly was killed. She asks him what he was doing in the school that night, and he says, you know, he was working out. He was in the weight room. Uh, he was lifting weights. Gary was in there with him, too, but Gary <laughs> left about ten minutes before Jed walked into the gym. Holly asks if they heard anything, but the boys had the music up really loud in the weight, weight room. Mm. Which, you know, it's, if you've ever been in a, a high school boys' weight room, that's exactly what they do. They blast the damn music. The next afternoon, Ruth is at Miriam's house on Fear Street. Miriam's not doing well, okay? She's having nightmares about seeing Holly with those white eyes. Ruth reports that Gary is devastated and that he hasn't been back at school and that May's not been back to school either. She did say that Noah was at school, but that he was acting like a crazy person. And the rumor going around was that he had not been sleeping since May's mother died. Comforts Miriam for like five minutes, um, all before demanding that Miriam comfort her as well because, you know, Ruth was Holly's friend too. And instead of telling Ruth to suck a dick, which is probably what I would have done, she apologizes (laughs) and asks Ruth how she's doing. And Ruth is being like super dramatic, saying, you know, she's strong on the outside, but not on the inside. (laughs) The school counselor wants them all to meet and like talk about their feelings. But both girls feel like that's probably not going to help. Miriam is now sure that May and Noah did it. They killed Holly. And in her mind, they are the only ones with the motive to kill her. Ruth is not sure. But she says that if they think that, then there's there's no way they can really go to the cops because they don't have any proof. They just have, like, rumors and and things that they've heard. If they're going to go take this to the cops, they have to find some real proof that May and Noah are killers. Miriam's parents want her to go back to school the next day and try to get back into her routine. So Ruth has Mm -hmm. brought homework that Miriam missed in school that day. Ruth reaches into her bag and pulls out a notebook. And both girls gasp. Because something has been written in blood on the top of the first spiral. It says, Mm -hmm. We know, you know. That's why you die next. (laughs) And then there is screaming. (coughs) Your drink, I'm gonna die. Don't do that. Ooh, water next time. That bourbon hit hard. Ooh. (laughs) Hey, you gotta do things to keep warm. The Russians drink vodka in Colorado. Ruth immediately accuses May and Noah, saying that she knows it must have been them because they knew uh, that if Holly knew that they had killed May's mom, the first people that Holly would blab about it to would be Miriam and Ruth. So Miriam's like, okay, cool. This is the proof that we need. We're going to go to the cops. And they do. They, They tell Ruth's mom. Ruth's mom takes them to the police station and they tell the police the whole story from the very beginning. They show them a notebook and they say that they think that this is Noah and May. The cops could tell that it wasn't wasn't blood, of course. It was paint. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they still took the girls seriously because they didn't really have any other leads. Miriam is truly worried that May or Noah will come after her or Ruth. And she's stressing out about it. She starts to think about Jed. She used to tell him everything. But since he started throwing tantrums and whatnot, they've kind of, like, grown apart. But she really needed him right now. I mean, he was her boyfriend. So she calls him, and he comes over. They sit on the steps out in front of her house, and she cries. She says she's upset that she misses Holly. Jed hugs her and tells her it's going to be all right. And then his mood shifts. He says that everyone at school is talking about Holly that day. And that they were making her into some kind of saint. And that, you know what, he really wishes that everybody would just shut up about her. And 
Ma'am's like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? And Jed goes on this rant. And the gist of it is, Jed hated Holly. She treated Gary like shit. She always had her nose in everyone's business. And she was even asking questions about Gary. And this is the part where Miriam confesses that she asked Holly to find out what, what's wrong with Jed. Because he's been a total psycho. And he won't tell her what his problem is. And of course, Jed blows up again and basically says that he's sorry that Miriam said about it, but Holly was a giant gossiping bitch and it's her own fault she's dead. He gets in the car and drives off, leaving Miriam to wonder if he's the killer. Where's your money, Danielle? I don't know yet. It can't be them because that's too obvious. You don't think so? Mm-mm. And they just gave it away from the beginning. Like, oh, it's them. It's true. I think it's Jed. It's his name. That's set. a solid... Yeah. <laughs> the next day at school, they're having an assembly for Holly. And Miriam just can't. She can't go in. So instead, she goes to the bathroom outside the gym to kind of, like, splash some water on her face. She's looking herself in the mirror. She's trying to get her shit together. When the bathroom door opens and Noah and May come in. Uh-oh. And they are pissed. They have been called in for questions in Holly's death. And they want to know why in the hell Miriam would spread lies about them. Miriam's like, because I know you did it. Mm-hmm. And May tells her that she's crazy. She loved her mother and that her mother had sprained her ankle a week before she died. It gave out again when she was at the top of the stairs and she fell. But Miriam is not buying it. Noah and May are acting super weird and very confrontational. And it ends with May yelling at Miriam not to say anything bad about Noah. May would kill for Noah. And Miriam's like, oh yeah? And then May does this creepy smile thing and says that, you know, she would, but she didn't. And then they leave the bathroom. Miriam just wants this day to be over. She just wants to go home, but she has to stay after school to make up a history quiz that she missed. And when she's done, she's walking to the parking lot and she passes by the door to the boys' locker room. When she hears what she thinks is Jed... Jed being big mad with someone. She peeks around the corner and sees Jed and Gary right up in each other's faces and not in a good way. She she hides behind the corner to see what they're doing. Gary is shouting at Jed that he knows everything that Holly knew and that he's not going to carry Jed's secret around forever. Jed threatens him to just forget everything that he knows and then he stalks out of the locker room. Miriam lets him get ahead and then catches up to him. Jed tells her that he's sorry about all the things that he said about Holly and that he wants her to come to his game tonight. This is the game. Fifteen college scouts will be there and he really needs her support. She says that she knows that he's not telling her everything, but she will give him one last chance because she knows how important this game will be for him. But she wants to know what he was doing at the school the night that Holly died. Jed, of course, becomes defensive and says that he already told her what he was doing. And he's pissed that she'd actually be accusing him of killing Holly. And he basically says that if she really believes that he could be a killer, then she can just go off somewhere and believe it. But he's got to go get ready for the game. And this kind of stops her. And she stops him and apologizes and said, you know what, she's sorry. She doesn't really believe that he could do that. And she'll be at the game tonight. Their relationship is real fucked up and I don't totally get it. That night, she's trying to convince Ruth to go to the game with her. But Ruth refuses. She's terrified that Noah or May will try to corner and kill her at the basketball game somehow. And what's more, she thinks that Miriam probably shouldn't go either. She thinks that Miriam should tell the cops about how May and Noah threatened her in the bathroom that day. But Miriam is hesitant. She's been thinking a lot about that interaction, and she thinks that maybe May, at the very least, is telling the truth. 
and that if anything happened, it's possible that maybe Noah could have fooled May somehow into thinking that it was an accident. Miriam tries to get Ruth to go to the game again, but Ruth says no, and that Miriam shouldn't go because she has a really bad feeling that, like, something bad is going to happen to the game. Miriam shakes off Ruth's warning and heads out. She drives up to the school and heads to the gym. She stops in the hall right outside the locker room and sees Jed take a pill at the water fountain. She walks over and he explains it's a high-potency vitamin that they, they give, you know, for energy right before the game. He says that, you know, he just wants to go in and, like, kick some ass in this game. And afterwards, they'll go out to dinner. They'll, they'll patch everything up. It'll be great. She agrees she wishes him good luck before going to find a seat. About halfway through the game, everything's going great. Jed is scoring a ton of points, and it was looking like he might actually get that scholarship after all. Until one of the players mouths off to him. And then Jed starts beating him to death. Oh my god. On the court. Full-on blind rage. Takes like four people to pull him off of this dude. Miriam realizes if Jed's capable of this kind of attack on another player in front of everyone, he could have absolutely killed Holly. So she flees. She runs from the gym to the parking lot. Ruth only lives a few blocks away from school and she'd be home all night. So she was going to go tell Ruth what happened. So she starts running for her car in the lot and she hears the gym doors open behind her. Who is it, Danielle? Who's followed her outside? Ugh. It can't be Jed. I don't know. Well, Miriam doesn't know either. Never Yeah, she has no idea. She ducks behind a car to see who's following her. (laughs) But the person is lit from the lights um, of the gym from the back. So all she can kind of see is a shadow. And feeling kind of fatigued, she's... She decides, you know what, fuck it. She's going to run to Ruth's house. And she does. Instead of getting in her car, which is totally what I would have done, she goes on foot. And the shadow calls out her name. It was Mm. Jed. (gasps) I was right. Kind of. He's telling her to stop, but she keeps running. Jed is insane, and she totally wants to break up with him now. (laughs) But he chases her. She runs and runs towards Ruth, and she realizes that after a while, there's nobody behind her. She Hmm. stops and looks back. She's trying to catch her breath when Jed steps out of a bush in front of her. Oh, man. He grabs her and tries to cover her mouth, but she bites the shit out of his hand and elbows him in the chest and takes off again for Ruth's house. She runs up the steps. I do. I like her, too. We don't always get a good, like female lead in these books, but Miriam's kind of kick-ass. Yeah, I like her so far. I wish she would have had a little more of a personality other than being, like, the one in the middle. But outside of that... Yeah. I do like her a lot. So she gets to Ruth's house. She she opens the door. She calls out for Ruth. She comes down. She's like, Ruth, it's Jed. Jed is the killer. He's chasing her. And Ruth looks like shit, by the way. She looks like she's been ugly crying for a while. And Ruth says, okay, that, you know, she can see that Miriam is scared, but it couldn't have been Jed. That's just not possible. Because there have been two other murders. Two other murders tonight. Miriam is confused, but she lets Ruth lead her into Ruth's bedroom, where Ruth explains that May and Noah broke into her house that night. That she had fallen asleep in the family room and she woke up to a noise. And when she went to her room to check it out, her two pet hamsters were dead. Their heads had been smashed. And they even left a note. Ruth handed Miriam the paper and Miriam read it. Two dead hamsters today. Two dead girls tomorrow. Ruth asks Miriam to come into her mom's room with her so they can call the police, and they do. And after Ruth places the call, Miriam asks her if she wants to change out of her pajamas before the cops get there. Ruth says she can't go back into that room with her dead pets. It's too much. She cannot see them. 
Miriam says that she'll go in and cover them up so that Ruth won't have to look at them and she can change. But when she gets to Ruth's room, she grabs a bundle of something off the floor to cover the cage. And a heavy object falls from the bundle that she's just picked up. She recognizes it as the hammer with one claw that had belonged to Ruth's father. And it's covered in blood. Mm -hmm. Miriam calls Ruth into the room. But she looks up to find Ruth. Standing very quietly in the doorway. Her features are blank. Her eyes are cold. And Miriam knew she was in danger. Ruth looks down at the hammer on the floor between them, still, silent, and Miriam lunges for the hammer at the same time that Ruth does. Ruth says nothing, and Miriam is crying, why, why did you do it? And Ruth stays silent as they struggle for the hammer. Ruth wins it. She rears back and swings the hammer at Miriam. Miriam covers her face with her arms and her hands, but Ruth aimed low, and the hammer made contact with Miriam's kneecap. She screams and doubles over from the pain, and Ruth rears back with the hammer again. Miriam swings a fist and punches her in the jaw. Wow. This catches Ruth off guard, and she kind of stumbles back and falls a bit. Miriam starts limping and pulling her injured leg to the doorway, and Ruth gets back up. And now it's time to move with the busted knee. I think she's like kind of hopping and like pulling herself along the wall and stuff she can like get a hold of. Scary. And now it's time for the villain's monologue. Yay! All about how Ruth was in love with Gary. And that Holly was just playing with him. She didn't mean to kill Holly, but she would not give Gary up. She wanted to hang on to him in case she couldn't steal Noah away from May. And it was just too easy to convince Miriam to go along with accusing Noah and May so that no one would even question her about Holly's death. Blah, blah, crazy rant. Blah, blah, you don't know what pain is. Blah, 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 I'm going to kill you. And if Jed saw you come here, I'll kill him too. Ruth swings the hammer again and misses. Then there's a sound from the hall. It's Jed. Miriam calls, It's Ruth! Grab her! (laughs) Okay, Miriam! She still has a hammer! (laughs) But Jed obeys. He launches himself at Ruth, who dodges and swings the hammer at him. But she swings kind of too wide and the handle comes in contact with the side of his head. Jed goes down, and Ruth smiles at Miriam and says, You're next. Miriam, by the way, is missing a kneecap, okay? And the moment she knows that she can't run, she dodges Ruth's next blow and starts kind of pulling herself back into the room toward the window by Ruth's bed. Ruth rounds on her and says that she's sorry, and that she won't have any friends after tonight. And she rips back again. Jed groans from the floor and pulls Ruth's focus. Just for a second, but it's enough time for Miriam to grab the glass hamster cage on Ruth's desk, lift it high, and send it down onto the back of Ruth's head. Oh, the glass shatters over her skull, and Ruth finally goes down. Did you think it was Ruth? No. My <laughs> it was dead. My money is all I thought it was dead. Never bet with me, ever. <laughs> so Jed stirs, and she asks Miriam, or he asks Miriam if she's okay. And she says that Ruth was the killer and that she was sorry that she ever could have thought it was him. But this is where he confesses what the rest of us have already guessed, right? He's been Mm -hmm. taking steroids for weeks. 
He was trying to get that scholarship, and it was making him insane. That's why he followed her out of the gym. He was going to tell her the truth. After losing any chance of a scholarship, he didn't want to lose her, too. But he does feel responsible for Holly's death because he asked her to stay in the gym late that night. Gary knew about the steroids, and Holly had fished the truth from him. He was going to ask Holly not to tell Miriam the truth, but he was late getting finished with the workout, and that's about the same time that Ruth must have come in to the gym and killed her. They go to call the police, and Jed is only concerned about whether or not he's going to get dumped. He promises to, quote, quit the drugs, but... (laughs) You know, only if she would really take him back. Would she really take him back? And she pulls him in for a kiss and says, that's the latest gossip. And that's how it ends. Wow. (laughs) That wrapped up really fast. It was like, boom. Right? We're done. Mm -hmm. And everything was finished. Yeah, it was uh, 145 pages. So it was a shorter one. Mm. That is short. I had Gary picked because he was shit on by Holly and we didn't really see him very much. So I thought that would be a good, like, kind of killer because we kind of forgot about him. Yeah. But no, not Gary. Not Gary. Not Gary. I really thought it was Jed. His name told me he was the killer. <laughs> Well, how long did it take you to figure out Jed was on roids? Quick a minute. Like, I was like, like something. Right. I figured it was either roids or just drugs. They were going to say, oh, he's on drugs. You know, maybe not steroids, but, you know, something's wrong with him, you know. Because, but I, how much yeah. was he taking? Like, I mean, how, I mean, is it Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde brand? <laughs> because, yes. I think that the steroids can make you like a little bit crazy, but of course, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think that they could make you like attack people in public. No, I, I didn't. He definitely took too much because he already had a really low tolerance or something. something. <laughs> because he's like one little pill and he's like, Bleh. <laughs> I will kill you. Yeah. Like he seemed way way too hyped up. Like way like overly done. <laughs> well, and you'd think that like after that first incident where he almost got thrown out, he would go, Okay, wait a minute. This is gonna mess up my chances. Like all these drugs yeah. are in the name of scholarship. I guess not. It's the it's the horror of collar of scholarships and not having money. Go on, Roy. <laughs> Well, and I know that, like, this book was about a cautionary tale about gossiping, but (laughs) I feel like they didn't do a a lot of gossiping, though. No, I didn't really get the gossip thing. Like, I mean, I got it, but if you want a gossip movie, go watch that 90s movie called Gossip, where there was a murder mystery about someone who did get killed, because then all their friends were spreading rumors. That's a good movie. Go... Yeah, because you really didn't make anything up. It was more of just like, here's what happened. Like, there wasn't a ton of, I I heard that so-and-so or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it was all like, you know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's like what, I don't know. Maybe that's what he thinks gossip is. I have no idea. (laughs) Like, it kind of started out that way. Like, oh, she heard this, but then it didn't like really take it anywhere. right yeah we did Mm -hmm. kind of an about face but then it became more about just the murder mystery but i liked it though i did like it It i don't Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think if we had like a multiple murder mystery kind of thing lately i'm trying to think back they're all starting to blur together but i feel like not for a while have we had one like that no because we had like the haunted house one for a long time and then we right yeah i don't i don't think we've had one like this in a bit and it went fast like it was a good pace and stuff so it wasn't exactly there. I, th- I thought mm-hmm. it was much better pace than some of the other ones that he's done where it's like okay yeah. come on mm-hmm. yeah like Keep let's get to the moving. point right exactly <laughs> and at first I'm going these all have to be 
like a shit ton of red herrings, but there weren't, there weren't a lot. No. Like they all came mm-hmm. back into play. So I enjoyed that as well. So overall, this is, this yeah. is one of the better ones, I think. Good job, Tammy. Thanks Good for job, suggesting Tammy. it for us. Yeah. On our outline where I have written talk about merch and you have written mm-hmm. your favorite things are the buttons. Mm-hmm. Are there I buttons? Make any buttons. I thought there were buttons. I mean, stickers. Oh, was that in the other one we had buttons? Are you showing me buttons? I swear Can there was I... a button. Maybe when we were looking at the other store, there was buttons. It's possible. I feel like we may have discussed buttons as a giveaway at some point, but then I like the price wasn't. It didn't make sense. My outline is sticker. (laughs) But yeah, I was like, let's not talk about that because those don't exist. Where there was buttons, I'm crazy. I'm off track now. I was going to say it would be fun if the people who suggested books for us as a patron, if when we have our when we post the episode to Facebook or wherever we post. If you would comment and say why you wanted us to read it, because I'd like to know, unless they tell yeah. us on Patreon, but I would like to know why, like why this one was your favorite. So that goes for Tammy and for Donnie Dean, who's the, who had um, Say Cheese and Die, and for our other patrons who suggested books in the past. I would like to know why you guys suggested them. So when and if you make get to that Patreon level and you suggest a book, make sure you tell us why, because we'll include it in our episode and we'll say Tammy requested this book because of X, Y, and Z. Cause I'd like to know like why it was your favorite. So that's just, yes. for I love that. Forward. That's an excellent I don't know idea. <laughs> Great. We'll still read it. Even if your reason is stupid. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. No judgment. Judgment free no though. We just like right? to know. Cause I'm a curious individual. <laughs> 100%. Okay. So that was a good story. Thank you so much, Tammy. That was a fun one. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And for latest news, we just wanted to tell everyone that we do have some new merch out there. And my personal favorite are the fun stickers. Probably the one about the sky puppy is because the bat will always have my heart. And I'm very tired of these dumb bitches in these books being like, bats are terrible. Because they're not. And they didn't bring coronavirus. Okay? So just support the Sky Puppies and support us by buying some merch. Christy, can you please remind everyone where the merch is available? Yeah. So I originally had had it on my page for my Etsy store and it was kind of messing some things up. So I moved it to the freestanding page. Um, there is a link to it in our Facebook group, but it is frufruandfeathers.com backslash snacks with Stein merch. That's a lot. I would probably just go to the <laughs> Facebook page and click the link and it should take you right there. Or if you Ta-da. can't find it for some reason, always reach out to us and we will direct you there as yeah. well. But be happy about the merch. It is. There's some cool stuff there. Like we don't have anything mm-hmm. in that store that we probably would not own ourselves like it's yeah some it's good stuff it's good stuff good fun way to support us if you can't if you can't be a patron every month you know buy something oh i hear that one more subscription yeah so totally get it and stickers you can put them everywhere you can buy a bunch and like vandalize your neighborhood and put them around that's cool Mm -hmm. too local vandalism (laughs) very nice check out the merch Hooray! Well, next week is Danielle's week, so that means it's goosebumps. And for you, we will that we will be presenting for you Attack of the Jack. And I don't think it's going to be a Jack Daniels, but I I'm not hundred percent. Well, maybe I'll drink Jack Daniels while I read, and then no one will understand what's going on. So we'll and it'll be Attack of the Jack. <laughs> attack of the jack could be a jack like a tool jack it could be a jack like oh those crappy it's- jacks that like come in the boot of your car <laughs> that like you have to crank yeah. up what kind Spray of jack is it make your guesses on our facebook page <laughs> what right? jack is attacking us <laughs> adorable right. superpower babies <laughs> so until next time we are out Thank mm-hmm. you.
like my COVID muffin top. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>